This daily hunt from Seawolf Pod was recorded Saturday, May 26, 2018. As such, some things um, could have... <laughs> oh my god, I gotta try this again. Some things could have changed since then. Stay up to date by visiting seawolfpod.com or follow seawolfpod on Instagram to join me weekly for everything Seattle Seawolves, Major League Rugby, and American Rugby featuring recaps, commentary, breaking news, and all the juiciest gossip and debates. I'm just a guy born and raised living in the Pacific Northwest trying to grow the game I love and the team I admire most, maybe besides my own club. Um... Also, please be aware in the interest of time, I do not censor this podcast. Last, I angle my content as much as possible in a digestible manner for new fans of rugby. Catch my Thursday hunt for rule breakdowns. Here's the show. This is Seawolf Pod. Good evening, Wolf Pod. Late evening. I'm late on the pod. Sorry about that. Um... Wolfpod, you are fans, friends, faithful followers of the Seattle Seawolves. Even if you don't consider yourself part of the Wolfpod, there are many other reasons that could bring you here as Seawolfpod is the number one source for Seattle Seawolves Major League Rugby content. Aside from serving the best fans in MLR and the amazing support I received from my colleagues and friends, Seawolfpod is number one because it's completely, 100%, no blurred lines, clear as day, independent from both Major League Rugby, and Seattle Seawolves. Nevertheless, someday I might ask for a little bit of help to continue, but all that's needed is my purest of passions for the greatest game on earth, Rugby Union. In the meantime, you can support this podcast by following at SeawolfPod on Instagram and leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts that I will, no matter what you write, read out in a video on Instagram. Now, I should probably mention my name and a bit about myself. I'm Raymond T., your host, a super fan of the Seattle Seawolves, as well as the founder, the host, and a bunch of other hats I wear at Seawolf Pod, including self-bestowed nicknames One Man Wolf Pod and One Take Wonder. I started playing rugby at Lewis and Clark College and now play for the Oregon Sports Union, also known as ORSU, Jesters, a USA senior men's club rugby team. We have squared up against and even played with Seawolves as well as other MLR players. And I want to give a shout out to some of our players. Um, it would be Tyson and Burko, who I know maybe there were some others tried out for the Seawolves. Um, hats off to them. So um, I'm going to be returning to some prior structure I used. I've been experimenting a lot with this podcast. Um, today's format comes in three main sections, Juice and Jabber, which is inspired by beer and banter at America Rugby Pod. Then I'll give on the pitch news, so like a preview of the game, and then off the pitch news, so like what, excuse me, off the pitch, I think I said off the pitch, um, news, which would be covering like what what are the Seawolves up to off the pitch? Um, not like, just like what they put on social media that you might miss. I'm not like digging into their personal lives. Um, all right, so Juice and Jabber. Um You know, I had written kind of my notes for this podcast before the lineup came out tonight. It's interesting that they procrastinated their lineup just like I procrastinated my podcast. Um, I shouldn't be paranoid, but it's almost like the timing came out perfectly where um, the time I said I was going to release the podcast, the the lineup came out right after. But I had originally noted, is Suniula healthy? Shalom Suniula. So Barton started for him at Inside Center. Um last weekend against the Utah Warriors. He also became concussed um, in that game is what I heard from a friend. 
and you could have just seen it on the pitch. Um, he's going to be out this weekend is what I heard. So Suniula being in, um, I don't think they'd play him if he was unhealthy, but I also don't know what are our other options at inside center. Um, I know Garrity, Mike Garrity is listed on the website, but I've never, I don't think I've ever seen him in the lineup before. Um, and I might have him confused with somebody else that I saw like on Instagram, but he might be more involved with like strength and conditioning. So anyways, um, Another note I had before I heard from um, a good source, just a friend, about Barton was, is he healthy? And, um, you know, Barton went down basically with a head knock against Utah. Um, It was their outside center that tackled him. And it was just kind of a high hit. It wasn't um, like, what's the word? It it wasn't like the, the the opposing player was trying to hurt him or anything. It just... Just was an unfortunate hit. Um, probably could have been lower. And then the, um, but but yeah, so Barton's out this weekend. Um, and then the other topic I was going to talk about was June selections for Team USA and Team Canada. We have one player going to the Eagles for sure, which is Khalifi, I think. Um, training camp's tomorrow, but I guess he's not going to be there because he's playing for us, which is awesome. Um, I just learned in our lineups that were released. I keep saying that. I learned so much. Um, it was great to have them out. And then Team Canada has, I want to say, about six or seven players. And I recently heard from a a friend, a good source, that we can probably expect about um, two to three of the Seawolves players that could be selected. Um, well, actually, two to three of the seven players that could be selected. We can expect them to um, go play for Canada. So I don't think we'll lose all that talent. Um, but... I guess, in theory, the best of the best is going to go play for these teams. Um, and that's kind of it for Juice and Jabber today. It's uh, it's a little unfulfilling because these are ongoing stories. I mean, it's nice that we have Suniula back, so that's kind of concluded. And we do know that Barton is out um, with a head knock, and that's unfortunate. Um, and then we know Khalifi's here tomorrow and not at training camp for the June selections, but he will be part of the June um, test series. So... I do cover the Eagles now. Uh, it's going to be my Wednesday section. So talking about, um, you know, like Khalifi's journey to the Eagles, what's going on with the Eagles is relevant to the Seawolves, and maybe even talking about like selection for other, um, you know, teams of nations, Canada, Team Canada, for example. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's my juice and jabber. I figure you just want to know about the game anyways that's happening tomorrow. So it's at Starfire Stadium. It's at 5 p.m. I'm going to be there, but you don't care. Um we're playing Nola Gold. We're having them at home for the first time. And luckily, I've procrastinated this podcast long enough that I have the actual lineups um, for each side, which I just want to run through real quick. I'll give some commentary if I can on them, but this is kind of the longest part of the podcast because 23 players a team. That's a lot. Um, so Nola in the forwards. Uh, forwards are broken down. I roughly into the tight five and the back row. The tight five gets split into two sections, the front row and the second row. You can think about this like it's in the scrum. Each There's three rows, front row, second row, back row. Front row is three, two props and a hooker in the middle. Second row is two locks. They lock in the front row into the scrum. And then the third row of the scrum is the back row. So in the front row for Nola, number one, loose head prop, we have Hubert Bidens. Number two, hooker, Eric Howard, who is also the... Vice captain, number three, tight head prop, Ben Tarr. Second row, we have number four, Locke, Nikola Bursic. 
number five lock, John Sullivan. The number five lock is going to be the one pushing on the number three tight head prop, who is a critical part of the scrum in terms of um, being able to... Um, it, it, it's called going... They go against the wind. They have two front rowers that they're dealing with in the scrum, um, whereas the loose head is on the outside of the tight head. Um, I had a good... Uh, pod in the past that I'll have to dig up and, and bring back on social media to kind of talk about that because um, I just want to keep going on with the game. So that's the tight five. Um, Biden's I'll go into a little bit later. I think it's a good matchup against Khalifi, at least while he has energy in the first half. Um, as for the back row, which they're also known as loose forwards, because um, they do a lot more in like open play with the ball and tackling and whatnot. Um Maybe not the number seven. He doesn't carry the ball as much. But number six, blindside flanker, testimony, um, Tonguia. Number seven, open side flanker, Matt Houston. Shout out to Matt Houston, who uh, has gone back and forth with me on Instagram and some funny comments. Um, number eight, Chad Joseph. Um, the number eight position is just called number eight or eight man. They're like supposed to be the, the meanest, baddest, loose forward that picks up the ball a lot and makes hard tackles and is just like just a force. Um, Joseph, I think, um, played for like the Dallas Reds and had his first start with Nola last weekend. Um, so moving into the backs, um, backs are split. I mean, you could do this a lot of different ways. This is just how I'm going to do it on Seawolf Pod. You basically got your halfbacks, your centers, and then your back three. So in the halfbacks, you have your number nine and number 10. So number nine is a scrum half. Number 10 is fly half. Um, their scrum half, Holden Youngert, he's a scrappy little fella. Um, he's going to be a good matchup I'll talk about later with the halfbacks. Um, and then their their other halfback is good too, um, Ratu Rinakama. Um, they were playing Howden previously, who you're going to see here in the center lineup um, at 10, um, which I have some comments on later. But So in the centers... Um, we have your number 12 inside center, Taylor Howden. He's the captain. And then number 13 outside center, Zach Streifler. Um, let me just check and make sure my recording's doing okay here. I think I might be running out of space. Okay. Um, continuing on. So I was at number 13 outside center, Zach Streifler. Um, these centers are definitely physical. Um, I got to bite my tongue on some stuff that happened in our last game. Um the back three with Nola. Um, so the back three on defense, you can kind of think of them as like outfielders, like getting these kicks way into the backfield. Um, and then they're just like lightning fast and quick steppers and good timing and making work for themselves on the outside on offense. I'm oversimplifying. It's fine. Um, but that's the back three, which is two wings and a fullback, um, literally three people in the back. Um on offense or defense, I guess. So number 11, left wing, um, that is Joely Tiko Isuva. Number 14, right wing is Tim Maupin. So I'm not sure how much he's played for NOLA before, but this is a new starter for me since our match against NOLA um, when we were away and beat them. So Bobby Johns was previously there, who's still in the lineup. Um, number 15, fullback, is Michael Basca, Basca, um, not much to say there. So reserves for Nola, it's just 16 through 23. I'm not going to name them off. Um, you've got Gouda, Cameron Falcon, Van Klein, Workin, McConey, Brennan Falcon. So uh, I don't know if they're brothers. Um, somebody tell me. 
uh, Moccasini and then Johns, Bobby Johns. I love the name and love his demeanor on the field and love his headband. Shout out Bobby Johns. Excited to see him potentially get on the field. But this is Seawolf Pod, so it's time to get into the lineup for Seattle. So I'm going to go through it in similar fashion, forwards and backs, with each sort of section of forwards and backs in the tight five, so in that five in the front row and the second row of the scrum um, for Seattle. I was guessing this before, um, which you may have seen on Twitter or Instagram, and you would have heard on my pod without the lineups. So um, front row, number one, loose head prop, Olive Khalifi. He is you know, going on to get selected with the Eagles. He was listed on their roster, and then there's a training camp tomorrow, but he'll be playing for us, which is super cool. Number two hooker, we've got Ray Barkwell back. Namesake, shout out, Ray. Raymond over here. Um, Barkwell was, I guess, like banned for an elbow to a chest or something is what I heard, um, just like in online forums. And I guess like somebody in Canada had to make the decision on how long he got banned and be in communication with like MLR refs and officials. I, I don't really know how it all works, but we're really glad to have him back. Um, it's nice to have Trierweiler who we saw could throw, but then something happened and Toluta had to throw and that wasn't like my favorite thing to watch. Um, so it'll be good to have him in the line out and in the scrum and all that. He's a high profile player. He's fun to watch. Um, number three, tight head prop, Tim Metcher. Um, I'm just speechless with this guy. I mean, he's like, I think him and Mac are really like, I think all our players are something good to say about them, but, um, I'm sure if I were talking to the team, they'd, they'd be all praised for Metro and Mac who have had, you know, big roles. So tight head prop, Tim Metcher had played super rugby and like his ability to scrum is just unbelievable. Um, he just knows what he's doing as a tight head prop. He's probably, I've heard, Pete Steinberg, former USA women's head coach who does some commentary too and analysis for MLR. I've heard him claim Metro might be one of the best tight head props in Major League Rugby. And I'm going to go ahead and unless I misunderstood, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's true. I mean, I'm I'm biased towards the Seawolves. I'd like to believe that. And I think we've definitely seen that. So that's the front row, Khalifi, Barkwell, and Metro. Um Second row is Crumray and Lenertz. So actually, it's great to see Lenertz back. So they want to put him back in at number five. Um, so that'll be behind the tight head, which is a critical part of the scrum. Um, I love the guy and don't doubt his ability, but we'll be interested to see how he does because they've been they've had to switch this up before with Crumray and Lenertz when they're both in to figure out kind of what's the best fit there. I don't know if that's to find the best fit in the scrum or really what, or if it's arbitrary, but um, my understanding of how scrum works is it's pretty critical who's pushing on that um, on that tight head position. But um, Crumray and Lenaritz both do great work. Like Crumray is always there receiving kicks, being lifted by somebody. Lenaritz is good in the line out. Um, then our back row, AKA loose forwards. We have number six blindside flanker. Eric, I'm Eric D, um, the beast, Dukely, Duchel, man of many names. Um, really excited to see him start. I'm not sure we've seen a start from him, but man, um, this is going to be really exciting to watch. Just uh, young talent, really, really big, good rugby body, and uh, you know, haven't seen anything that I was worried about when he got onto the pitch. So it'll be good to see him starting. Um, number seven, open side flanker, Talutau. 
man, this guy, as long as he's not throwing the line out, I am happy with anything he does. Um, Number eight, a.k.a. number eight, since that's just what the position is called, is Aladdin Shermer. Um, He'll be our vice captain, and I believe he's out of Central Washington. I got to spend um, the Utah game talking to somebody who went to Central Washington and was a senior when he was a freshman there. Um, And he's a really good rugby player. And this guy, like, um, I'm not sure why... um, Hating isn't in at number eight. I kind of wonder if they want to play around with that or if Hating was injured. I'll probably get the scoop from Tony tomorrow when we do our live pregame show, which will be earlier in the day. Um, so moving into backs, we've got halfbacks, centers, and the back three. So two halfbacks, number nine, scrum half, Phil Mack, all-star, number 10, fly half, Will Holder. So originally I wrote this script with Peter Smith at fly half, but I guess he... Um, could have been hurt in the matchup against Utah or just wasn't selected. Um, I'm really happy about Smith's performance at fly half. I had some questions about Holder's performance, but I have belief in these boys and the club to make the right decisions. So um, it'll be interesting to see Holder here. I'll give some commentary more later. Um, as for centers, we've got Shalom Suniula. He's back. He's um, healthy, I would assume, because he's in the lineup and he is captaining us. So this will be an interesting captain matchup at the inside center spots. Suniula is, I don't believe, as big as Taylor Howden, but um, I think he's a lot faster and um, doesn't late hit people. So anyways, um, number 13, I said I was going to bite my tongue, but there I go. Um, self-control, right? So number 13, outside center, William Rasalika. I've seen him be slow to get up a couple times throughout this season, but man, is he tough because he's just back in the lineup um, every week. I don't know who it would be at 13 if it wasn't him. Um, We have a lot of great backs, but just I still need to learn like who fills in there. It's not to say there isn't anybody. Um, For the back three, number 11, left wing, Tiberio. So in my original prediction, I left Tiberio out of it, and I was just like, I don't know like what I was smoking. Um, Tiberio should absolutely be starting. This man, um, oh, my God. I I was at the Utah game in the corner watching him chase down those kicks, and um, honestly, I was disappointed that he wasn't the player of the week, even though I was happy to see Tolu Tao get that. Um, Yeah, Tiberio is just like, wow, he has been doing it all at that left wing position, and it'll be really exciting just to see more from him. I feel like his, um, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like where things started for me getting excited about Tiberio was seeing his score against Nola um, when we played them away and beat them. He had a try, and so we'll get to see him against Nola once again, and maybe he'll just go to the next level. Um, Number 14 is our right wing, Brock Stoller, um, the Canadian, I believe. And he is a great kicker. Um, He scored in our opener against San Diego. Um, I have a lot of faith in this guy. I think, um, you know, I have respect for every single player here, but um, he just left an impression with me from that first game, kind of doing it all, being a you know, a, a physical presence on defense as a wing, um, which you don't always get from wings. Um, Tiberio does it too, so we're just lucky with our wings. Um, but yeah, Staller can kick, Staller can score, he can pass, um, solid rugby player. So number 15, um, fullback, Matt Turner. Um, yeah, Matt Turner for me, I've just seen like a really ferocious player in him. He wants to get into the rucks, wants to be physical at the tackle, 
maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe he's listening right now and he's like, who the hell is this Raymond dude in Portland? Um, which is fine. I'm sure that's been said before, but, um, I like seeing Turner in the lineup. Um, I think he is one of the team Canada guys. Um, I should know. Um, I feel like him and Mac have like a good on field chemistry. Again, if I'm wrong, like just shout me out on Twitter at SeawolfPod and let me know. I love being corrected. I like learning. Um, and then our reserves. So Trierweiler, the hooker. Gordon is a prop. Hayden's a prop. Van Harn is a loose forward. Penny is, um, I want to say he's a loose forward. I've seen him at seven. I don't think he locks. Coquillard um, is a loose forward, although I had a conversation with him that he could play fullback. Um Maybe it wasn't a conversation with him. Maybe it was with a friend. Um, and then Mozak Sampson, who is listed as an outside center, is um, at number 22 in the reserves. And um, number 23, Burt Combs. So I feel like those guys are in is kind of like all around. Like Burt Combs seems more like a wing to me. Sampson seems like he could kind of float around. But I don't think we really have any replacements for um, halfbacks. So... Um, if Nola's looking to late hit our halfbacks again, maybe they shouldn't save it until the last minute. Um, anyways, key statistics. So Seattle did really well defensively against Utah um, last weekend. The most important thing you need to know from those past stats, I think we had 165 tackles made. Shout out to Pete Steinberg for always sharing the official USMLR stats. I don't know. I don't have the password to log in and get those. Um, 165 tackles made against Utah and held them to about 32 phases in one possession. Um, if you watch the the away game with Nola, like I, I just don't know like if we brought that level of defense because we conceded so many points to Nola, but we also didn't have the home field advantage. And we've seen Nola lose away against Austin Elite, so it'll be interesting. Um, so let's talk about records then. Um, Seattle is three wins, one loss, but we've lost one of our home matches. So... I mean, I don't think that's a reason to doubt us tomorrow against a team that we've beat playing away. Um, it's just we haven't we haven't lost away. We've lost one at home. Um, I'm gonna just give scoring stats from our last match against Utah because like that's the most recent Seawolves team that's taken the field. Um, Conversion Smith was three for three. Smith isn't playing. Staller was two for two. So great. I think Staller will probably take the conversions. Um, in the first half, Rosalika had a try, Turner had a try, and Tolu Tao had a try. Um, these are definitely guys to watch who know how to be at the right place at the right time and make those good decisions. Um, penalties, um, Smith kicked one, um, Staller kicked one. Against Smith is out. Staller can do it. No cards, yellow cards, red cards, whatever. Second half, Tolu Tao had a try, Mac had a try. Um, I'll talk about it later, but Mac's always looking for opportunities, which is great. Um, part of me thinks it's from his sevens background. Another part of me thinks it's just because he's an amazing rugby player. Um, so let's talk about Nola. Their record is two and two. Um, they've lost one away and lost one at home. Uh, the away match they lost was to Austin Elite Rugby. Um, let me just check in on my recording again so I know I'm not working for nothing here. Um, cool. So... Yeah, let's talk about NOLA. Um, they lost twice since starting the season. They're away loss. They're going to have an away game, obviously, against Seattle tomorrow. 
Their away loss was against Austin Elite Rugby, 1730, who's been hanging at the bottom of the standings. Um, recently silenced San Diego um, in a blowout. So, you know, Austin's better than we've given them credit for, but um, for Nola to lose to that team, I think, speaks to what we can expect tomorrow with them against Seattle. Um, so here was scoring from their last match, um, which I think was against the Sabercats. So they had two conversions, two for two, um, which would have been, I believe, Howden. Um, Streifler, their outside center, scored once. They had a penalty try, which I haven't looked back at. Um, wonder if that was in the scrum, which is interesting. Um, Sabercats have been struggling, and I was watching, I think they played Utah today, and just some really, um, there's some ugly stuff happening in the scrum. Um, Rina Kama scored once, so that's their their fly half who's going to be playing tomorrow, number 10. Um, Howden kicked one penalty, no cards, but in the second half, Biden's their, um, their prop, who's a Team Canada player, had a scrum infringement, which uh, I think speaks to his endurance. So let's talk about exciting matchups. Um, I've been impressed by both teams' halfbacks. For Seattle, that's Mac at number nine scrum half. And previous to knowing that Holder would be the fly half, I was talking about um, thinking I would talk about Smith at number 10. Um, for Nola, that's Youngert at number nine scrum half and Rena Kama at number 10 fly half. But again, like I said, we have Holder at fly half now, not Smith. Holder has been, well, holding his own playing elsewhere in the back line, including fullback and even filling in at 10 on occasion. Besides Holder, who I'm still looking to see improvement from and expect the best from him tomorrow, I am certain every one of these players is looking to take opportunities to score, every one of these halfbacks, and I know we've seen tries from at least Mack and Rina Kama. Um, Nola's fly half prior to playing Rina Kama as their first receiver, which is just another name for fly half. There's also a first five eights. Um, it was Howden at fly half, but... Um, I think you'll just see it tomorrow if you watch. He's a bit bulkier, maybe not quite as fast or as great at tackling to be, you know, a full-on threat at 10. Um, I think at 12, he's just kind of a big body and filling in. He'll be inside center tomorrow, but will probably be kicking in place of the injured J.P. Eloff for Nola, who is their goal kicker in the past. I heard on a podcast, I think J.P. Eloff had like a mystery illness. I you know, best wishes to anybody who has to struggle with anything that keeps them out of MLR or just affects their life. Um, you know, I want Elof to be healthy, even if he's going to be a threat kicking against us. Um, Nola's been struggling with their kicking, though, and our wing Staller has been a great kicker, truly one of my favorite players since the opener where he was slotting goal kicks as well as scoring a try. Rina Kama, though, I just think this is a guy you got. You definitely got to respect. Rena Kama is a versatile player. He can play multiple positions in the back line. Um, according to their head coach, he is an outstanding player. He can play 9, 10, 11, or 15 equally well. Um, this is the, their head coach, Nate Osborne, talking. He is a smart, fast, elusive, and very skillful player. He's one of those rare players that makes something happen every time he touches the ball. He's also a great guy to have around your squad, always very positive and hardworking, um, end quote. So Rina Kama was born in Fiji and moved to the USA in 2010. 
Um, since relocating, he played 15s and 7s um, with the gentlemen of Aspen between 2010 to 2012. Then he moved to Cali, played 15s in Sacramento, um, did 7s with the Glendale Raptors from 2012 to 2014. Um, you know how dominant the Raptors have been in 15s in Major League Rugby. So that says a lot. Um, yeah, just like I, I had a lot of info on him, and I just think he's really somebody you should keep an eye on against Holder um, because I think Rina Kama has, and I would love it if somebody corrects me so I can know where I'm wrong on this, but I feel good saying that Rina Kama has proved himself at fly half for um, NOLA. And definitely is better there than Howden. Um, so then another matchup is going to be Khalifi, um, our loose head prop tomorrow. It's exciting. Um, that's going to make for a good matchup in the first half, at least, versus Biden's. So Khalifi can go 80 in Seattle weather, in my opinion. And Biden's, probably just like in NOLA, he goes 50, probably a half, um, 50, maybe 60, probably 50. Um, in Seattle, he gets tired and even prone to cardable behavior after the first half, like that scrum infringement that I referenced. So he won't be much to watch in the second half. Um, he'll be kind of the leader of their scrum, I think, um, against Seattle tomorrow in the first half when he's in. Also, he knows some of our guys. He's a Canadian rugby union player. He is a member of the Canada national side, was part of Canada's squad at the 2011 Rugby World Cup where he made four appearances. As you know already, he plays as a prop forward. Um, his debut with Canada was in 2006. He's got 42 caps. Um, that debut was against the England Saxons. He was born in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, he played rugby with the Castaway Wanderers, RFC, in the BC Premier League, and with the Prairie Wolfpack in the Canadian Rugby Championship. The rest of the staff from um, NOLA that I know of, um, just mentioning kind of more about NOLA so you know who's coming through to Seattle. Um, Nate Osborne is their head coach, and Todd Fitzgerald is their assistant head coach and assistant general manager. Um, if you want to learn more about them, just go to nolagoldrugby.com. So predictions, um, I'm going to give you my prediction and then talk about how to watch, and then we will be done with on the pitch. I guess how to watch is kind of off the pitch, but um, prediction, I said this on Twitter when I had made some bad lineup predictions that didn't turn out to be true, but hopefully my score prediction will still hold true. 35 Seattle to 12 NOLA. Look at how well we competed with NOLA when they had the home field advantage. The final was 31 to 29. When we have the home field advantage, we can still expect to win against a team that lost to Austin Elite 17-30 to when they played away. We are a better team than Austin, and so I have increased the score deficit to Seattle by 23 instead of 13, um, like was seen between Austin Elite and NOLA when NOLA played them away. So we'll win by more when they're away against us. Um, NOLA will probably miss their kicks again without Elof. Um one of their keys to the game when we played them away was to keep the ball in hand, move it wide, and make smart kicking decisions. They didn't exactly show an ability to do that against us on their pitch, and the strategy um, there is meant to tire our forwards. But I kind of think, especially at home, our forwards are tireless. I mean, those guys are working hard, obviously, but like, um, I think that they bring endurance to the league that not all teams have, especially in the forwards. Like Utah tired out pretty quickly. 
Um, I don't expect us to have Khalifi. Um, just kidding. I just wrote that down. So I do expect us to have Khalifi now. Um, and he did 70 minutes propping in the humidity against Nola. So tomorrow in Seattle, like it's supposed to be 74 is the high, cloudy with some sun breaks. Um, I think he's going to do just fine. And, you know, he can compete with Biden um, in the first half and he can compete with whoever comes in in the second. Um, but we also have um, props in our reserves in case he needs a break. So how to watch. If you still need tickets, head over to seattleseawolves.com for overflow seating. Or if you don't want to pay anything and you want to try to win, take a gamble. Go to Instagram, go to at seawolfpod, and I'm giving away five supporter section tickets um, you're there. It's really easy to enter. You just tag who you want to bring and they have to follow me. And then tomorrow morning or like in eight hours, I guess I'll be selecting who wins. Cause it's like 11 right now on Saturday. Um, you know, I never say where I am. I should start doing that at the start. I'm at home in Portland. Um, I live just outside Portland and Lake Oswego. I usually have a beer when I'm doing the podcast, but I do the podcast more now. So I don't always, I haven't even given myself a chance to have a sip here. I'm drinking some Townsend's Tea Company Brew Doctor Kombucha. The flavor is happiness. Um, man, I love this uh, this drink. Kombucha is not for everybody, but this is a pretty uh, pretty palatable kind of it. So, how to watch? If you're looking for a bar to watch and you're in Seattle, go to Postdoc Brewing in Redmond. And say hi to Debbie and Johnny, the co-founders there. Um, it's a couple that owns it. Great people from, um, spoke with them about their experiences being from Northern Ireland, like um, like one of our owners, uh, Adrian Balfour. Um, if you're in Portland, go to the Independent Sports Bar and Grill on Broadway downtown. Um, I believe there was a group there, even though I wasn't, that um, held down one of the 32 TVs they have. Um, for the Seawolves game, so it won't be a problem to show up and ask for Root Sports. Um, and then if you are streaming the game um, internationally, you can get it on USMLR Facebook page. Just nationally, so not with any of the local sports coverage, you can get it on ESPN+, Plus, which I think is $5 a month. Um, I've got it for games that I don't get locally. And then if you're in the Northwest locally, you can get it on Root Sports. And I think in Louisiana, oh, excuse me, I'm about to sneeze here. Um, you can get it on COX, which I'm just not familiar with. Um, so off the pitch is pretty short. And then we'll get to the, uh, the end of this podcast because that was your on the pitch segment. So now off the pitch. Um, Seattle Seawolves were at the Seattle Sounders FC Major League Soccer match yesterday versus Real Salt Lake, or Real Salt Lake. Um, unfortunately, the Sounders lost, but I'd say it's a huge W for our boys to get that publicity, raising the scars. I guess that's a, a tradition at CenturyLink. Um, I hope it's only a matter of time until they're playing at CenturyLink. It's home to the Sounders as well as the Seattle Seahawks NFL football team. Um, the capacity of CenturyLink dwarfs that of Starfire with a massive 72,000 seats. Um, but I think we can do it. Um, if anybody can do it, it's Seattle because we are the only team that's sold out our home matches. Um, all of them, at least. So, yeah. 
that's Seawolf Pod today. That's your Friday hunt on a Saturday night, almost Sunday morning. And I got to start getting ready for the game tomorrow. I'm going to bring up a little audio gear so I can give you a live YouTube show with Tony Ridnell. Capped Eagle number 168, big time um, Seattle Seawolves supporter, business owner in Seattle. Great guy. Looking forward to doing the show with him. Um, we'll do, at least I know I'll do this. He's a busy guy, um, but I'll try and get him in for all of this. Um, pre-game, halftime, and post-game reactions. Um, but anyways, just thanks for tuning in, WolfPod. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I will read your review in an Instagram video. And you'll want to follow me on Instagram at SeawolfPod if you want to see those videos. I've already done two. Um, Great ratings so far. Thanks all for supporting the pod. And that is all for today, SeawolfPod. You know the deal. It's time for my sign-off. This is Raymond T., your host. And as I always say, hunt together, pod alone, and go Seawolves.